Good morning. Morning. Ohayou. Ohayou. I was thinking how all our episodes this far we've said good morning. Um, but it's also a celebration to nowness, which is celebrating the now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just this point in time that we're saying good morning, and it could be tomorrow that we might be opening it up um, at a different time. So I was thinking about that, and then I thought it would be good if there were listeners who would be joining us um, on just this episode to just remind who we are. And um, so I was just going to say that we, (laughs) what's in our blurb on two women paying attention to the details of ordinary life and our friendship spans three decades and we are showing up to connect and recalibrate our voices and stories. Yes. And I don't know if you, um, I haven't checked since we posted last week, but I want to share with you (laughs) Mm. that our listeners' geographic location has expanded. Yay. Uh, I think I, I did see quite a number of new locations beyond the United States, so... Um, I think that's thanks to you sharing through your social media outlet. You think so? That would be amazing. And and it really was just Facebook. And I think this is owed to our international school community. Mm-hmm. Because so like for listeners who are joining us, like so we last week we were US and Germany. I was like, who who do you know it? <laughs> <In Germany. laughs> But then up comes second is Japan, uh, followed by the UK, and then mm. um, snippets of probably, probably yeah, first degree of separation, or if not connection in India, Taiwan, and Mexico. So thank <gasps> you. Hey, exciting. <laughs> We're going global. <laughs> uh, no. And our most uh, listened play was last week. Probably Mia's special guest appearance. (laughs) (laughs) It has had quite a few plays and I'm not sure if, you know, it's considered a play, even if um, you don't listen to the full Mm -hmm. um, episode, but thank you. Thank you. Okay. Milestone. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is a testament to what we've talked about um is just i think at uh, you know we talked about having a podcast for a year um mm-hmm. you had asked me what do you want for your birthday and i was like i want to have a podcast with you <laughs> <laughs> and um a year went by and this year 2021 was just the perfect moment um mm-hmm. to come together we're at the right place right time yeah so we did it yeah, it felt like things aligned for us. So, yeah, yeah. So you brewed tea? I did. Um, sorry, it is a tea bag, uh, due to just limited time. So I quickly <laughs> boiled the water and 
I'm in. I like mint tea these days, so I just put in a bag of Moroccan mint mm-hmm. tea bag mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a little bit of honey. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> Moroccan mint is actually on a. It's traditionally on a green tea base. It's actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be on a Chinese gunpowder tea. So, which is that robust, it's that robust green tea among the green tea spectrum, because there's a whole mm-hmm. green tea. And then that addition of either spearmint or peppermint, or if you're an amazing, <laughs> if you have an amazing tea company like mine, it's a blend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. Um, no, I know you have mint tea, right? I have to order it because I've I haven't tried yours. So. Sweetie, you know I'm just going to send it to you. <laughs> no, no, I am your customer. No. Anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And cool. for our listeners, uh, please share your... Ketatees.com is an online tea boutique, and I have curated blends, uh, tea blends, like the... Um, my, my mint tea is a botanical blend, so no... Communicinensis tea is just pure botanical, caffeine free. Um, mm. But I have a gamut, a whole portfolio from the. I thought you were going to be drinking me tea, flowery oolong from Vienna. Um, oh. <laughs> all the way to, yeah, all the way to like chai spices, which is really a perfect time right now. Um, to- mm. Yeah. Um, you could. <laughs> I've never had chai tea. What? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know me. I don't. I'm not big on milk and stuff. So and spices and so I've just I've ne I've just never tried. So that's something that maybe next time our reunion you have to make me something. Cause I've seen what? um <laughs> what. <laughs> huh? I love it. I love these moments. No worries. You um, know, yes. What came to mind is that I don't know his name. I, I'm, I should, I should know his name. But I've seen this person, um, go viral with his like how to make authentic chai tea. I'll have to find. Is it on TikTok? You're not. Um, on- I'm not on TikTok. I think. He's on Insta, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't ring a bell, huh? I'm sure there's minty. No, because you know the beauty is this: it's it's chai tea is every Indian family and house mm. has their own recipe. I see. It, it's like kimchi. Right, right, right. For you, um, and there's no, and now that kimchi has become. You know, it's 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 now jarred, and it's you can find it on the shelves, um, mm-hmm. grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you'd be looking at it, and be like, "Oh my gosh, my mother's is so much better." <laughs> um, and that's kind of like the chai story as well. It's like every family, and then it's also part of what the immigrants brought to this country, right? Is you bring a slice of home, a taste of mm-hmm. home, um, and then you also reinvent it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, so that's that's the beauty of um, chai within the Indian um, community, but it's also a fairly modern invention. Mm-hmm. Um, kimchi goes centuries back, 
with fermentation and mm. for I mean for chai because chai wasn't tea wasn't introduced to India until the British colonization. Mm. But we will go into the vortex of things, but I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that you've never tried a chai. <laughs> <laughs> but it's essentially just whipping up some spices and it makes sense if you don't like spices, why would you put it in a beverage and why would you? Be? So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So did you have questions for me or are we going right into what we wanted to talk about? Yeah, I think we can go right in. So the reason why I was, I basically, I don't, I have my favorite set of podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, inclusive, obviously, ours is number one. (laughs) (laughs) Then um, it's, um, it's how I um, from NPR, um, but uh, I was just curious to see, like when we first started, we were just curious also to see what was out there. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not surprised, like the top 10 podcast themes Mm. is on either crime. I I Mm. think top five is on crime, true crime. Mm. Um, and then, and then the rest is either current events, um, like, you know, so yeah, current events as in mostly, I think it's, it's like kind of like politically driven, but Mm -hmm. so I was disappointed because it, a lot of the times, right, heartwarming things don't don't pop up to you know the top. I guess people don't mm. want their heartwarming <laughs> mm. podcast anyway. So, but um, so I was listening to just f- for inspiration and for things for us to talk about too, because mm-hmm. we're talking about current events and what strikes you know our interest and right. Yeah, so it was Pod Save America was in the top 10. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why, but I gravitated towards the Monica Lewinsky one. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially probably because the podcast, the way they edited it uh, really draws you in. Mm -hmm. And um, Monica is not that far from us in age. She's like three, four years older than us. So when her scandal came out, I think we were in college. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Do you remember? Well, like, do you know? She talked about it, right? Like, uh, so it, she, in terms of year, I, I believe it was 98. So oh, then that right. we were, we were in college. Wait, 98? Oh, no, we were in college. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> it was so far back when I forget. Um, I forget because my I'm like I'm telling you my kiddos my my son is in college my daughter's gonna be in college so it's like it's so far yeah. but in I guess it's still it I guess I didn't think of it more because I hadn't blossomed as a woman myself mm-hmm. but can't you imagine I could totally see us I mean how many I just want to ask you. <laughs> How many times have you made crass decisions or things that you weren't thinking about? You weren't thinking about the consequences. And later on, you're like, shoot. Oops. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, how many? I can't even <laughs> count, right? Like, there's a lot. I mean, that's part of the journey of being a young person. Um, exactly. Right? Exactly. So I, I, you know, I, I, I think when we were, okay, so 98 is when it came out. So I guess I was impressed that she was working at the White House as an intern. Because I was thinking, you know, we were thinking, what are we going to do beyond college? What is my job going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had lost my father already. Um, mm-hmm. So it was in part of like, I want to be doing. Um, mm. But I did, I did contemplate, actually, I remember. So one of the things that I wanted to do was go to Peace Corps. Mm. Um, but I had already started dating. And the one who was dating who became my husband was like, um, kind of made me rethink because <laughs> I mm-hmm. was already in a relationship. But also, I had a uncle who worked for Japan NGO Mm. and was like, what are the, and, and through my auntie, she was so kind. And I think it was great advice in hindsight was like, okay, what are the, what is the expertise that you're going to bring into, let's say countries? Like I was, I was actually assigned, I went all the way to the final Peace Corps process and I was going to go to Ghana. Hmm. And I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to go to Ghana. Oh. Um, but then like, I, you know, I'm prone to, it's so stupid, but I'm going to share, like I'm prone to um, getting welts with mosquito bites. Oh. Um, and I was like, I'm definitely going to get like malaria for sure because I have blood type that really, att- like I have sweet blood that attracts mosquitoes every that's mm. stupid. But uh, bottom line was like, what is, so my auntie was like, what is the expertise that you're going to bring? Like you're a newly college graduate. And I think that that is a flaw a little bit for college graduates. You know, it's, it's like, so uh, the prevalent thing to do was to teach English to kids. Mm. And, and Ghana was, is an English speaking country. Mm. So it, it was very it's true. Like it really doesn't go beyond teaching English to children. So what? Right. Mm. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, so ultimately I I didn't end up going there. And then the only closest thing that came to being in Washington, DC was potentially applying for the CIA. Mm. And the reason why I, I potentially wanted to apply to the CIA was like, I was so interested in like international relations and, I think that was our international, you know, school upbringing, Mm. um, that we're global citizens and that, um, the other thing was, I forgot my train of thought because I was just turning on off the, (laughs) (laughs) um, oh yeah, this is the funny thing. So. Apparently, I went to a school which was like the, it was called like the pothead school. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people like liberally, you know, smoke pot. Mm -hmm. And I'm so proud to say like, I've never, I've never done pot in my entire life. Mm. So the funny thing was like for CAA, you had to like, um, basically test negative for Mm. all drugs. And I'm like, Mm. yes. (laughs) I'll just weed out a lot of competition. 
um, and then um and then I was bilingual not not mm. not that Japanese would help um in the CA <laughs> mm. sorry so long-winded story but I just trying to put ourselves back into 1998 mm. what what where were you and what 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 were you thinking I was at Brown. I don't remember really. I mean, I was trying to graduate ASAP as soon as I could. Uh, but I really don't remember much. I don't think I followed it, you know, like ironically back then, I don't think I was as political as I am now or interested in current events and things like that. So I remember seeing the news, um, so I knew very superficial things that were, I mean, it was everywhere too, right? Um, so I knew of the story, but it, I don't remember really like wanting to learn more, dig into it. And so I kind of felt bad listening to the podcast, and I also listened to her TED Talk, like, here's this person with this incident, this historic news that broke out um, via internet and ruined her life and went global instantaneously. And, you know, for me, I don't think I really followed um, her story up until now, really. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Exactly. So thank you for bringing it back to why we're talking about this. So exactly. So I, yeah, so she was featured on Pod, Pod Save America. And at that time, yeah, the thing is, internet wasn't quite up there yet. And we didn't have like Facebook probably wasn't up there either. Like no, I, she, no, it was pre-social media. Exactly. It was only internet, yeah. like dial yeah. up. Yeah, like Mark Zuckerberg was still at Harvard, <laughs> creating his dating site at that point, because <laughs> he was like a few years younger than us, <laughs> I mean, uh, just to put it in context. And then, yeah, so imagine now, fast forward, yeah, you make a bad mistake, although I think the thing that struck to me is like, it's consensual. And yeah. I, I think it's just respectful of her. Yeah, it's not a like, it's not a Me Too movement. It was consensual. And she had the mm -hmm. relationship. And like you, yeah, I, I think back in the day, I think I'm just like, oh, yeah, shame on her for, you know, having an affair with a married man, um, not thinking about any anything else. Um, and then, yeah, but I, I can see now how social media has impacted me uh, in terms of I think I'm old enough um, that I'm not in the vortex like I'm uh, like versus like millennials who grew up with it or even my children's generation. But um, did you hear the I guess the part where my heart goes out was when she explained about the um, her mother bringing attention to Monica on um, the gentleman who committed suicide. Yeah, um, Tyler Clementi. Yeah, you got it. Um, off the George Washington Bridge. Yeah. Um, and that's when my heart sank in terms of, okay, wait, Monica has a mother, Monica. 
as she has a father. Um, uh, she doesn't talk about her father in this podcast, but the mother, oh, just like, yeah, like just, I guess, triggered because she was Monica was suicidal and the mother was by her side uh, mm-hmm. during those events. But I, I do feel like it's so sad that um, like you, yeah, I haven't followed until today. Um, but how hard it, like uh, one thing that I can relate to is that I'm so isolated. Um, I started my business, but I don't really have too much um, one-to-one interaction. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm kind of at the place of like rebirthing my career or pivoting Mm -hmm. career. Um, so it's just, I can't imagine how hard it is. And I'm looking for like um, a full-time job that um, can pay <laughs> uh, the bills as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My online boutique is a side hustle at this point in time. It takes time to build it. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine how, yeah, of that pivotal, gosh, a woman, a human being, to not be able to land any job yeah, um, and be publicly ostracized mm-hmm. um, is heartbreaking. And then the, and then the beauty is that she's coming out now to really write her own narrative. Mm-hmm. Ashley came and another person comes to mind is I forget her name, but you, do you remember Anthony Weiner? The mm-hmm. New York senator who was ousted because he was sexting underage. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the so his wife, who was basically senior staff for Hillary mm-hmm. for 25 years. Um, so I feel like maybe she and Monica are running parallel lives in different, obviously different roles, because she too landed a job. I think an internship in the well on, on the Clinton administration, I believe. Mm-hmm. Sorry, her, <laughs> but she, she just came out with a book too in saying like, if I don't speak up mm-hmm. and I don't share my story, then people are going to write the story for me, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the Monica thing too. It's like people are going to continuously put her in, you know, a place I'm sure she doesn't want to be held. So it's great that she's owning up to it. Um, yeah. And, um, and wants to help others for from fundamentally cyber, cyber bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think her podcast and TED Talk, and also I'm really eager to see the, um, documentary streaming on HBO Max called 15 Minutes of Shame, which I think is um, not just about her story, but others, just a more general uh, documentary on public shaming and internet hate and things like that, um, that I haven't seen yet, but uh, top of my watch list. But um, I didn't, I mean, I again, because I didn't know too much about the story, I didn't realize how, you know, young she was, um, 22, I think, um, and how much she had to take the blame, right? She was pretty much the scapegoat in terms of 
the Clintons and their politics. And, and I think they talk about it a little bit in the podcast about the power. Who holds the power to shape the narrative? You got and it. They did. You got it. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, a lot of empathy and compassion for her and I can't even imagine what it's like right when your whole world crashes and then everybody globally has the, their own idea and judgment about your single mistake again to your point is consensual and and I think in the podcast they talk about it there people I mean, I guess I can't remember who it was they were referring to, but the fact that Clinton can still on the political is still active in the political stage and there's no impact on him. And why is that so? Because we're a patriarchy and right, white supremacy ideology and all that, like the power that's it. I mean, he still has the power, so much political power, Absolutely. I guess. And then the other thing that struck me was Hillary's response. So Hillary goes on and um, supports, you know, it stays like he made a blunder. Mm -hmm. Bill made a blunder. I'm going to be by his side. Um, and then says, and she blames herself, apparently saying that she was emotionally detached from Bill. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, and then it goes back to the Monica Lewinsky case, because I mean, Bill had um, the Monica one where she describes Monica as being a lunatic. So mm. that's, that's the other side is like, why do, why did Hillary support Bill? And why did she blame herself for being emotionally mm. absent? Um, and then on top of that blames the girl too. It's like, holy, there, there's some, right. There's some misogyny. Well, ingrained misogyny. Yes. <laughs> misogynistic thinking of like, yeah, yep. for sure. So I think the remarkable thing about that podcast and addressing was that the younger generation was like, like the older generation was like, yeah, like, shut up, you know, Monica, we don't want to hear your story. Mm -hmm. And then it like the younger generation and the millennials who are like, tell your story, mm. tell us. Um, and so that's, that's the hope is, 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 yeah, to take, to, to bust that patriarchy that you mentioned bust the male dominated um white male dominated um i guess culture and oh and then the other thing is you probably didn't read it but there's a vanity fair article uh when this first happened in 98 like they had brought in the feminists um in power um at that time into a cocktail party surrounding uh monica's case and mm. It's it's online for those who want to check it out, but you could just check out like it's it's somehow related to the Vanity Fair article that Monica wrote in 2014. Mm -hmm. But it's the women who are feeding that misogynistic behavior, yeah, um, as well, and that's disappointing. 
So I think we're moving the needle today in 2021. Uh, but we still have a yeah. lot of ways to go. I think the mo- the movement is very slow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but better than nothing or you know, moving backwards. So I'll take it, but but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's disappointing but not so surprising. Um so that is our role as mothers now co. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think this topic brought a lot to the table. It's it's complex, and as Monica noted, it has to be the conversation has to be nuanced. And as a society, people are losing the ability to have nuanced conversation because in order to have nuance, you have to be thoughtful and you have to be take your time through the complexity versus we don't have time to think through shit anymore. Sorry. (laughs) Um, We're just like onto the next thing, or we really don't sit with the complexity. We don't have that capacity anymore. And it's so this issue is multi-pronged in my mind, like, yes, shame. And so Brene Brown's research on shame came to mind. Um, I was also frantically trying to find like, who was that person? He's, um, or I don't know if it, if he goes by he or they um, pronouns, preferred pronouns. So his name is Dylan Marin um, and he's a digital creator and his TED talk on empathy is not an endorsement came to mind. Um, all these things that I feel like the issues of our time that needs like immediate attention, you know, our recent um, news about Facebook and what they have willingly and knowingly are doing to profit off of human emotions and um, understanding that the clickbait on anger and shame and all these negative emotions are far more profitable than the positive and so all I mean I don't know I just feel like this is great timing for her to be able to share her story and I mean I think the lesson for me is how she's turning you know I refer back to um what happened to you is Oprah and Bruce Perry's Dr. Bruce Perry's um book but what happened to you is also something that what happened for you and that you can turn that into your power. And that's what she's doing. She's been able to, I mean, it's taken tremendous pain and suffering. And on the other end, she's arrived at this place where she can use that for greater good, which is what I found profoundly inspiring. Amen. Well, honey, I think you should consider a career in education. (laughs) (laughs) What? You should consider a career in education. Mm. I think I've told you that before, but you, what you just said, all your, your superpowers just came into play. I got to experience your superpowers on being well-read and, you know, being able to cite the, the resources 
Um, and absolutely, you're absolutely right on um, the nuances, being able to pause and think. And you're right. It, I think that's the power of our generation, the pre-social media generation. Like we are more mm. because we had to do our research um, and we had to right? We had to do research the hard way, um, mm-hmm. the way um, and what have you. So you I really appreciate you for keeping that present in me. Mm. <laughs> that part of my side is dwindling. Um <laughs> Like I can't barely sit down and read a book on that I hold. Um, but that's just because I'm not making the time for it. So, mm. you know, like for me, I have to listen to audio books. Mm-hmm. But I that that's wonderful. I think that's why we're here to be able to ooh, pause. You're absolutely right. So for you just, you know, quoted Brown. You're referencing Brene Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I thought that was worth emphasizing because you're the one who. Oh, gosh, like I, four years ago, I think it was a book that you in the wilderness, Braving the Wilderness. Mm. Uh, um. For me, my introduction to her was Daring Greatly, and that was my first read by her that, like, totally shook my core. Because she gave language, she gave me the language to um, kind of reflect on my own experience through a new lens. Because, I mean, her research on shame and particularly vulnerability part resonated with me because I always saw my vulnerability as weakness and she talks about how that is not true and that her research supports that vulnerability requires courage so that really turned my world upside down and really started to um yeah rethink and re reshape my whole narrative of who I was and who I thought I was. Yes. She, but, but (laughs) you were talking about the wilderness book, braving the wilderness, but that's the second book or third. Yeah. Her first book. I think it was daring greatly. It's the white one with the blue, blue, bluish font. Mm. Yeah, her her books are all white and bluish. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Anyway, huh. so for those global listeners, if you haven't found Brene Brown, um, yeah, highly recommend. Absolutely. Well, she's all over the yeah. She's not. She's got that Netflix um series. She's she's all over the place. But Nalco is the one who. <laughs> you were my first person who really introduced me to her. So. Hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I listened to her podcast. She's, like you say, she is all over the place. (laughs) But I think her research resonates, I think, across the board, like a wide group of, it's not just targeted for one 
group, you know, I think her research on shame, vulnerability, courage, all that um, must resonate with different groups of people, you know, and she doesn't shy away from sharing tough moments from her own experiences. I mean, she's an amazing storyteller. And I think that's her superpower to, um, to be able to share her research in a way that so many people can relate to and connect with and learn from. For sure. Yeah. She, not only is she authentic and real and has, yeah, exactly. Like has swear words all, all the <laughs> but she's the Which wife. I love. Yes. Vulnerable wife and mother and hardcore researcher, like you mentioned. Um, and her sense of, of humility, too, is really admirable. Yep. Even after reaching her level of success, you know, it shows and how she relates to her guests and the questions she poses. Like she's such a, she has such a curious mind. Yep. And she's Christian. (laughs) (laughs) And she, she won't be, she will be like super honest and direct on, on like raising the hypocrisy Mm -hmm. that like briefly touched last week. Yeah. Um, as well so yes yeah i love how we're ending on brene brown (laughs) um yeah okay so wow yes we unpacked so much and please continue to remind me now go um if i'm moving forward like you'll bring it you'll bring it back and be like okay should we talk about this (laughs) (laughs) Basically, all every every episode that we've touched this far, like you've you're just like okay, yeah, we just briefly touched the surface. <laughs> yeah, there's so much. I mean, I would love to carry on the conversation, have part two follow up after we've both after we um watched the documentary, fifteen minutes of shame. I don't have HBO Max, my love. Hmm. We'll find a way. Okay. <laughs> It has to stream um, on, like, Amazon Prime, although I really do not like the fact that I have Amazon Prime, but. um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes, that is a struggle, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Don't get me started. (laughs) No, seriously, that's like a whole, like, 10 episodes on that one. Um, so you had an amazing Halloween, it seems like. Yes. Mina had a blast with her friends outdoors, masked, and we made it work. Um, I think it meant a lot for the girls, uh, having had to skip last year. So yeah, it was nice. It was fun to, and, um, surprisingly it was I mean, we chose streets. We avoided the the most popular areas. So, but even still, the local streets, um, I we were all saying how surprised we were to see very few children out. Oh, or maybe they, you know, focused on the most popular place and did not. Um, yeah. 
So it was good for me because I was feeling a little bit anxious about how crowded it could get. And um, it worked out for us. So. so did you walk your neighborhood? Yes. And how many, like, how many houses participated? Um, so we chose two streets that had decorations and things that compared to other ones. So I would say it really varies from street to street. Um, there are streets that are, aren't participating. Doesn't seem to be right, like without decoration. And so yeah. hard to say. Yes. Well, so, you, what about your area? We are. So where I live is so not trick or treating friendly mm. because you have to walk up and down hills. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the worst place for children. So we actually go to a more um, child friendly neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Me as boyfriend's neighborhood. Um, we had a blast last year. We just do one big loop. Mm hmm. Um, which is which was two hours um of walking with toddlers so we had um one of Aya's lovely friends um and they were dressed up as she was Aya was dressed up as a, a kitty and her friend was dressed up as a witch hmm. and it's so cute like for costumes <laughs> sorry i didn't hear you from it was so cute and then oh it was this silent is, yes this is the cutest age i i feel mm. like five is like just the sweetest because they can tuttle tuttle walk 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 and then mm. those are just so adorable like yeah oh. um yeah, so we, yeah, they, I don't know what to do with the, I'm hoping like I could find a candy donation drop off. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I think dental offices usually dental um, office. take. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll look into that. That's interesting. Okay. The other thing, sorry, I for part two of this conversation, we have to talk about solutions. <laughs> we only talked about the problem. <gasps> well, you know? yeah, I think the solutions, one solution we can address right now is having the conversation. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yes. And... Yeah, we we could just plant them like Easter eggs in in our in in, in our episodes. We'll have solutions for every episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's why we've brought um, mindfulness practice, mm -hmm. meditation, conversation, and cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not trying to oversimplify but I really 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 firmly believe from my heart and soul that 
food and beverage really bring people together. Like if, if you're mm-hmm. having a tough conversation, it's like, well, you know, that's why it's just like, well, do you want to, you know, let's have a cup of tea. Let's have a cup of coffee. Let's, you know, come. I, I really feel like, you know, we can't do it necessarily in this pandemic, but like one of the things that I do love to do is bring people, um, host people for mm. dinners mm-hmm. um, and have that conversation. It's like, yeah, it's like the safe zone um, like we're sharing your food. What is your food? I, I actually remember this is November and it's um, Thanksgiving month. Um, two th- before the pandemic, I had a kind of like newly arrived Afghan family over for Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, we didn't know them. Um, we didn't know the family, uh, but they, you know, and Thanksgiving is such a, a it is an American holiday of thanks thanks of thanks and gratitude Mm. um so i thought it would be i don't know um i don't know i thought i thought it would be nice to just have conversation and and get to know each other Uh, Mm um was it a little awkward sure (laughs) but they had um prepared their um amazing afghan rice dish Mm. oh so good i think every household has their own recipe right essentially has like the um the saffron and cumin and cardamom Mm. so lovely um as a rice dish and i think there was like a meat dish too i think it was lamb Mm. if i could remember and then i baked a turkey it's almost like i'm baking a turkey is like incomparable to like this beautiful lamb dish Mm. (laughs) with like anyway so so yes so that's where you see where I'm going what are you uh, cooking today (laughs) (sighs) yeah well before we I share which I don't know what I'm cooking but um I do share that kind of love of hosting and having friends and loved ones over um that uh you know over a meal and the meaningful gathering conversation um but i have to say i think the whole problem or issue of our time is that we have lost that touch and we've lost connection too right thanks to social media and of course currently the pandemic like and so with this changing culture and climate can we when we come back together hold you know thoughtful conversations without blaming and shaming that's become this like thing that we we do i'm not saying you and i we do it but just in general how you know i think monica in the podcast talked about tools it's a tool we use too often too quickly like and why like shame is not a helpful that's not to come to in a you know to come to an understanding you use shame to shut down a conversation right um so anyway i know we're trying to close and i'm still wanting to talk more about it. there's so much more to talk about sorry um no, why stop but, um, apologizing yes i need to uh yes um 
Thank you. Um, so I guess my point of, you know, I think in the podcast, they spoke about how it's harder to shame people in person when you get to see their facial expression and how hurtful you've just, you caused suffering in somebody versus if it's just a, a stranger and it's a name or an account there, um, or even sometimes I guess anonymous, nameless, then they're no longer human and hence easier to shame and blame and be awful. Um, but so yes, Lend, returning to the importance of gathering and having these hard conversations in person. I'm going to have an open conversation. No, you, you triggered another thought was because we have a global audience now is in your country. How do people shame? Cause it's human nature um, to it's human nature to make someone feel inferior because it comes from your own lack of, I, I think that's the point. You have lack of confidence. You have lack of love. You have lack of something mm -hmm. that you feel like you don't belong or you don't write anywhere. So that's why you point your finger at someone else and don't see them as being a human being. Um, yeah. And, and you think you could get away with it, um, which isn't the case. And then I guess growing up in Japan, I think the shaming culture is even more intense. And I, and my assumption is for Asian cultures, because you're in more of an intimate tribe neighborhood family, because it's like, it feels a little small. Um, mm -hmm. And I've just heard, you know, like, you know, we grew up in Tokyo, which is the city metropolis. Um, but like, you know, like, it's like if you're, if a child made a blunder, and then the entire family was shamed mm -hmm. um, in public. And I feel like it's a little more, I'm going off on a tangent, but um, it's a, I feel it's a little more closed here, maybe just because of how family isn't as tight, depending on, because we're such a mixed salad of a country <laughs> but anyway mm. um so that's 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 we're not we're we're going to continue this conversation but that's a call out to our listeners wherever you are or uh you know within your culture how is shame do you agree that it's you know people who have an inferiority complex or something that that do such acts to feel and, 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 and the exacerbation with social media. So, yeah, yeah. help us find the tools. <laughs> <laughs> I have a perfect James Baldwin quote okay. from uh, Brene Brown's Braving the Wilder Wilderness. I just happen to have it. Uh, quote, I imagine one of the reasons people cling to their hate so stubbornly is because they sense once hate is gone, they will be forced to deal with pain. James A. Baldwin. Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
<laughs> We're going to have to ponder that one. Yes. Um, yes. So, Nalco, what do you make? You don't know what you're making. Hey, I'm going to fast forward to Thanksgiving. Any thoughts? Uh, really depends if Mina will be fully vaccinated. And it seems like for, um, for the 2 to 11, no, sorry, 5 to 11 age range, the after you get your first vaccination, there has the the time lapse or whatever the you have to wait three weeks, not two. I think we were for adults, it was two weeks. So I think she probably won't be fully vaccinated by Thanksgiving. So then that will have we haven't made a decision whether we're going to be joining Tim's side of the family in Santa Rosa um, or not. Oh, okay. Very responsible family. I, I, I was just, just thinking when you said that, there was like, I have a friend who was at a wedding and they're divided um, within the family mm -hmm. of getting vaccinated or not. Yeah. It's like, oh man, like, you know, I mean, one family to another is, is one story, but within the family... Ooh, that's like a tough one. Yeah, I've heard stories too. I can't even imagine what kind of strain that puts on the relationship. And I mean, risk too, right? It's like life or death risk you're taking. Yes. Um, what I'm cooking, actually, I remember what Mina-chan wanted. Mm. We are doing temaki zushi. Uh, so, <laughs> hand roll sushi dinner for us tonight. No turkey. Oh, oh tonight, oh, yo. Tonight, ne? Ah, tonight. Yeah, okay, yeah, I yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I thought you were gonna do temaki sushi on Thanksgiving, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> no, well, that's funny because if any of you are listeners are Asian, that's kind of like the joke. But of the joke is like you know, instead of like mashed potatoes, you're cooking rice. Mm -hmm. Instead of seasoning, in seasoning the turkey with, um, I don't know, the traditional seasoning, which is really like rosemary and thyme that you actually add like soy sauce, <laughs> mm. which is really delicious. Um, so anyway, sorry. So that's where my head went to. But you're making temaki sushi tonight? Man, that's yes. a celebration. <laughs> Temaki sushi is that is so amazing. Oh, I love well, it. Mina loves it, and it is simple, right? All I have to do is buy the fish and um, sashimi, and just cook the rice. So it is a simple kind of simpler, we, you know, perfect for a weeknight. <laughs> simple and healthy. I think I might just do the same. Yay! We'll all both be having temaki sushi. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I. <laughs> These days, I actually, instead of getting the sashimi, because sashimi is a little expensive, <laughs> mm. um, is I'm, I might get the poke. The, mm. It's kind of like a little like lower grade sashimi meat. Mm -hmm. Season with the sesame and soy and stuff. So I might yep. do a poke, poke, temaki sushi or something. Okay. Sounds yummy. Okay. Thank you. Thank you always for lovely conversation thank you ditto bye bye king <laughs>
Bye, Viking. <laughs> <laughs>